Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. So guys, on this week's episode, we have a former professional athlete turned business coach who happens to be the proud father of two lovely girls. And he has come to talk to us today about generational habits. Hmm. So please welcome Jeremy Herriter. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Love what you're doing. Love the message. So I'm glad that we get to connect and uh, and chat a little bit. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. And you know what's really funny is people will probably be like, why is she having this dude on her show? They do the same thing. And I'm all about it. Like, I'm all about building the network, having people, you know, building your tribe, right? You have to be around the people that do what you do. Do it right. at your level, above your level, you know? So I'm really happy to have you on. So I have a question before we even get into your background. What yeah. are generational habits? <laughs> so it let's go back for, for real. So we're all leaving something to the people around us. Those of you that are listening that don't have children, right? It's like, okay, you know, uh, I don't have children, so this doesn't affect me, but it absolutely does. And, and the reason is, is I'm a, uh, you know, there's a great uh, Jim Rome quote that says, you know, you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. And that also means your habits, right? And so in, in your life, if you want more wealth, then get around people who are wealthier and doing things with wealth that, that you don't understand or know. Be, be, be that student. If you want to get fitter, hang around five people fitter than you as much as possible and watch what happens to your habits. Watch what you start to choose. And generational habits to, to, is, is the same thing. It's, it's what is handed down from generation. And as you know, life changes quickly. We're, we're in a day today, especially coming out of the pandemic, depending on what your industry is, has changed drastically, right? It, 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 and it's, it's only going to keep changing. So the habits have to change. And there's most people hear generational wealth. And what, that, what happens, though, in generational wealth is the truth of, of generational wealth is most of it is gone by that second or third generation. And the reason that happens is because the habits that it took to build that wealth are not what are passed down. The wealth is passed down. And when I don't have the habits to actually maintain it or even grow it, then it literally goes away. And so our platform, what I want to be able to do is is help people understand that you're leaving something behind right now, whether you have children or you don't have children, you're leaving it with your friends, you're leaving it with your coworkers. What are the habits that you are using to either get what you want or that have put you in a position that maybe not you necessarily don't want, right? And, and, they, and, and habits truly stack. Yeah. So you don't get, I mean, our country is, is we are obese, right? And I say obese and I don't just mean how much weight each person is holding. I mean that if you think about it in the same way, it's how we think, it's what we consume, not just, we have obese minds that are just like, ugh, like what is happening, right? And so how do we change that? And 
It starts with us. So when I talk about generational habits, I talk about it starts with us. You have to be the difference. And, you know, there's there's a you see it all the time. You've heard people say this and, and this is not new, but on an airplane, I love it. Right. They, they say when that if when the mm. cabin pressure changes and that mask drops, do not turn even to put it on your child before you put it on yourself, because if it drops that fast and you haven't done it for yourself yet, you become the problem on that aircraft yep. because the, it's going to go and you're trying to help people without helping yourself. But how many of us in life every day are just doing things and we're not helping ourselves? Yeah. And you can't give what you don't have. Right. A hundred percent. Right. Like you're not going to go to the gym and, and go to the, you know, plop down that money. Right. You, you know, those people like, like, uh, New Year's resolution and they walk in and they're like, all right, this is the year six pack, 50 pounds, bikini body, you know, whatever, whatever that those terms are right now. Imagine for a second, you walked in and you, you saved your money, right? You really planned for this and you drop it on that table and you're like, all right, I'm ready to make a change. This is it. Enough is enough. Here we go. And they go, okay, Jeremy, great. And then the guy coming around the corner you know, is hundred pounds overweight with a Big Mac and a Coke in his hand. And he's like, all right, come over here. Let me show you what to do. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd be grabbing my, th- that's easy to notice and go, uh, probably Peace. don't want that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> right? out, right? <laughs> exactly. It's easy, but it's easy to identify that. But how many times in our lives are we that person? Are we the person that's trying to help people and we're not even doing it ourselves? Yeah. How yeah. much? Yeah. So that's where generational habits is. That's what optimal self, you know, the best version of you. It's not the best version of me. It's not the best version of you. It's, it's you and I, I'm going to learn from you today. That's what makes these so exciting is because I, I come into here not to to give as much as I can, whenever, whatever people need, whatever the audience wants to hear, not what I want to say, but on top of that, I get to learn too. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Right. So, you know, the best version of you is inside of you. We want to help you unleash it. We want to help you bring that out because more of that is what this is what this world needs. Yeah, absolutely. No, you know, obviously you have a really interesting background from being a professional athlete in more than one sport. Um, to you know, it's my understanding what you're doing with the the Keller Williams VIP is really kind of like, for lack of a better term, like performance or productivity coaching, 100%. right? Like, okay. Yes. And and then and then you've started this optimal self podcast, which I love the concept. I'm loving it. Um, just wrote a book that I'm pimping out to, uh, uh, what do you call them? Publishers. Yeah. Um, right. And it's, it's <laughs> becoming uneffable, but the whole point is, you know, uneffable isn't being a douche. It's like being so secure in yourself and being so true to yourself and figuring that out that all this stuff really doesn't bother you. Right. And I really had to do that. I got slammed publicly, like in the papers and all this craziness happened back to me in 2008 became a homeless single parent with a newborn baby for the first time ever. Yeah. And talk Mm. about, you know, and my whole idea of myself was built on really, I'm just going to be honest, like money, success, like that outward success. Like I was a lawyer. I never lost, lost a case in my life. I was so fucking fancy. Right. But, (laughs) but when that shit hit the fan and people were like, like verbally killing me, if not actually wanting to kill me because that, you know, that oh. energy of media comes at you and you're like, dude, I don't even know you like that has nothing to do with you. Right. right. And it's like, what the damn. Right. And it's like, yeah. that's when you 
after you get past suicidal ideation, that's when you get to, hey, man, I'm cool. This is okay. I start to build yourself. But you really learn who the hell you really are. And if you didn't, lesson lost, man. Lesson lost. And it's going to come again until you figure that shit out, you know? Definitely. But So I love what you're doing. So, so, you know, give me a little bit about the background, right? Because, I mean, this obviously plays into who you've become yourself today. So tell me how all of that lent itself to what you're what you're doing today with Optimal Self. Right. Okay. so we got to go back quite a bit. So I'd like to share, you know, a little bit with people. I'll be very quick with that is, you know, um, my mom was 15 when she when she got pregnant, uh, you know, (laughs) as she was babysitting and. My dad came over when they were kids, right? <laughs> 15 years old. And um, so the rest is kind of history. And he, his, his father before him was an alcoholic, uh, you know, died an alcoholic, you know, literally with a beer in his hand when they found him sitting on a lounge chair in his, in his apartment, right? And so, and honestly, I don't know where he is today, but he was an alcoholic drug addict, uh, you know, was abusive to my mom and us. And they had actually two kids together after that. Uh, and my mom, you know, in the middle of the night up and took us out, like picked us up and said, we're out of here. Like, and, and we never went back and thank God, because, you know, who knows what, who knows what would have happened at that time of, of his life and, and what he was. And so I was raised by my mom and she only had sisters, three sisters and Nana and, and Papa. Pop was the only, the only man at that time, uh, you know, early on. And so I was raised by the women and, you know, and it's, it, it takes a village, it takes a tribe, it takes all those things. And, but it, it, it gives that, that affiliation for me. And then I'm blessed with two daughters. Right. And so my life has been, it's been up and down for sure. The childhood, you know, I'm, I don't want to paint any rough pictures. People that had it way worse than we did, the, you know, with his abuse and all that kind of stuff. There's people out there right now listening to this that that have tenfold what I could ever say. Right. And so it's not a comparison or anything like that, but it's important to, it's just important to know, you know, Today, when you say those things, when you go, oh, you've done this and you played professional baseball and you want to get the CrossFit games and now you run, you know, a company that's done that did over half a billion in volume last year, like all those things that sound really cool today that are that most societal things deem success is just that little bit sticking out of the water, right? But you you're above the water. You don't see anything that's down below that iceberg. You don't see all those things. And there's, there's, there's a couple major turning points in my life and that, that prompted what I have today or, or optimal self and being around people. You know, I said this in the beginning, you're some of the five people that you hang around and that goes with, you know, what you learn, you have to get outside of that bubble from now and uh, now and then. Right. And you've got to, everything that I've learned from people, I want to give back. I don't want to go to my grave with the things that were given to me by others inside of me. It's, it's my duty to it's not meant to be, no, it's turned around it's and not, I got it. And I got to give, it's time to give back, man. It's time yep. to literally let go and, and not, I don't hide anything from anybody. Like even the business stuff, mm-hmm. I'll talk with people give me shit all the time. Cause I I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what I do exactly. I mean, day to day, I, because you know what I do know? Most people won't do it. You know what I yes. mean? Everybody, everybody <laughs> wants to be a millionaire until they know what it takes, right? Yep. Everybody wants to eat. Nobody wants to hunt, right? All these things, like it's so true, but I'll give you one thing, Kirsten, because I think this is important for, for the audience to understand is there's these times in our lives where, where we get challenged. So my goal in life from the time you can ask my, my mom will tell the story. When I came out of the womb, 
the moment that my, she said my first word was baseball. Like it was that, like, that's all I was going to do. When you asked me, I was going to be a baseball player and let, and, and, but I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the kid that made all the all-star teams. I wasn't the kid that, you know, I mean, you wanted me on your team because you knew I was going to be there and you knew I was going to hustle and you knew I was going to play hard, but I wasn't big, fast, strong, better than everybody else. Right. I was a very little kid. I was a late bloomer in, in the world of adulthood. And so, but my 13 year old year, it's a very important time in my life. A 13 year old, you guys, everybody probably knows these years, right? These adolescent years when we get, and we, our team won the championship. Not only did we win the championship, but the coach was my best friend's dad. So I thought for sure he gets to pick the last two kids that are going to be on the all-star team. And Mm. I thought for sure we won the championship. I, I played really well that year man, if this, I'm going to get picked, he's going to pick me. Right. Because I believed our relationship, right. That he was like a dad to me that he would just give me that honor. Right. That, that was my thought. Right. Oh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and my name wasn't announced at that, at that, at those closing ceremonies. And it was devastating. And then you all go to this little pizza party after, right? And everybody's celebrating. We won the championship and we had trophies and all the all-star kids were there and all those things. And I walked over to him and I asked him and I tugged on his shirt and he looked at me. He's like, what's up, son? And I said, how come I didn't make, how come I didn't make all-stars? How come you didn't pick me? Mm-hmm. He looked me dead in the eye. I'm, I promise you this. I'm 50 years old today. I was 13 years old. I could tell you what he was wearing. I could tell you what I was wearing. I could tell you what wow. that place smelled like. Still to this day, that vivid is in there. It's still inside of me. That boy is still there. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, cause you weren't good enough. Now I know what that sounds like. And yes, does that crush a 13? Yes, it does. I I was crushed. I ran to the phone. I said, please, Mm -hmm. can I please use the phone? Please, please, please beg the little lady behind the counter. She handed that phone over and dialed the number for me. I said, mom, please come and get me. She said, you're supposed to say that. I said, please, 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 please. I'm begging you. Please come get me. She said, what is going on? I said, just come. She said, fine, I'm on my way. I didn't even go back in. I hung the phone up. I snuck out the side and I literally sat on the curb right outside the door until she got there. She pulled up. I jumped in the car and I got in that car and then the tears were just flowing. Right. And she's like, Jeremy, what is going on? What is wrong with you? And I said, please just go, just go, just go. And she said, she's like, I'm not moving this car until you tell me. Right. Those, those of you that are parents probably don't say, right. (laughs) And I told her. And of course, what is, what is any parent, especially moms? She's like, what? He said, what? I'm going, I go, please do not go in there. It's embarrassing already. I'm already embarrassed enough. Please, 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 please. Here's the turning point. The greatest question my mom ever asked me in in the history of my life, the greatest question, I don't even know that she knew what she was doing, but again, Mm -hmm. she looked me right in the eye and she said, look at me. She said, what do you want to do? And That was the change, right? Again, I'll ask anybody out there. Yeah, shit hits the fan. Yeah, things aren't good. But the the milk is spilled. You can leave it there and it's going to get rotted and it's going to stink and it's going to be whatever. Or you can clean that shit up and let's roll, right? And she looked at me, 13 years old, and she said, what do you want to do? And I live in Southern California. I don't know if they have these all over wherever you're listening, but our, our major sporting goods out here in those days was called big five. And I said, mom, will you please take me to big five? And she looked at me like I was, she was like, what? Like, 
you know, kids like she's like, you don't want to go get ice cream. You don't want to go get a toy at, you know, Target. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I said, can we please go to big five? And she did. She drove over and we walked. She's like, what are we doing here? And I said, please, come on, come on, come on. We walk in. Same thing I told you before about the vision. I can still see that sign. It was on sale. It said 1999. It was big and it was yellow because it was on and it was and it was a batting tee. That batting mm. tee. And I said, will you please buy me one of those? She's like, 20 bucks. Like, pfft, yeah, it's going to, that's going to make you happy. That's going to be okay. Right. Like any parent, like you give your kid like, okay, fine. You can watch that show or whatever. That's basically what it was. She was like here. And I made a deal with myself in that day. I said, every single day, I'm going to hit hundred balls off this thing, put that thing in the backyard. And every single day, Every day I would get up and I would go out there and I would hit a hundred balls off it. I wouldn't let myself go to the movies with friends. I wouldn't let myself. I just, I just knew that no one was ever going to tell me I wasn't good enough because I didn't put in the work because I will be Mm -hmm. honest with you. All I had done up to that point in my life is show up to practice on time, be there on time, play hard when they asked me to play hard. There was nothing done outside of that. The life is born on the things when no one's watching your success yes. is born when nobody else is looking, when, no, when, you, when the lights aren't on, when they don't tell you to do it, right? So, but here's what I want people to understand. Just because I did that, that whole year, nothing, nothing really changed. 14, didn't make the all-star team, started high school, barely made the high school team, sat on the bench the whole year. I, I was basically getting the water and things like that. Same thing the, the next year I got to play, but I didn't, you know, I mean, I wasn't a difference maker, Again, let's go five years later. Now I'm 18 years old. I'm a senior in high school. I grew a little bit, got a little bit stronger. And I never stopped hitting those balls off that tee. Never. Actually to the point where, remember what I said, you're the sum of the five people. My friends at first were like, dude, let's just go, right? Come on, just go. By by that time, they were wanting to come over and hit with me. Let's, we started, you know what I mean? They, They were asking to join in. My senior year, I led the state in hitting. I got a scholarship to go play college, went on to play at Gonzaga University, became became an all Pac-10 infielder at Gonzaga, got to go play for the Reds and the Diamondbacks. Okay, all that's the history, right? But what I want people to understand is that we underestimate, we way, way overestimate what we can do by doing it one or two and then a year. We completely underestimate how we can change our lives in the next four, five, or 10 And that's a true statement, right? You've probably heard that many times, but it is so true if you really dig into it. And and, and so I want people to know is that 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 one of the greatest days in my life was all those kids that were on that all-star team. Here's what I want people to know. I know he said, oh, I wasn't good enough. Well, there's 12 teams with 20 kids on there. So there's a hundred and something kids in this league. 15 make the all-star team. Right. Right. So even if I was the 16th best out of 120 kids, that's a pretty good number, right? You're the 16th best out of hundred. That's a pretty, you're still not good enough that for that team. That's true. What he told me was very true that there were 15 other kids that were better than me. And that was real. And, And I had to accept that. What I also had to accept is that you don't get shit for free. You don't get shit because he's your dad. He's, he's your second dad. Right. That's how most of us live our lives. We think we deserve something that we haven't earned. Right. But I can tell you this. There was a day in a professional baseball game that seven of those 15 kids that were on that all star team, because we all still friends. Those guys are still my friends to this day. They all bought a ticket 
to come watch me play baseball, right? At 13, they were better than me. At 18, 19, 22, 20, nope, they weren't. They were all on to different jobs. And I was running on and off baseball fields doing what I loved because I was hitting balls when no one was watching because I was doing things that nobody else was willing to do. And again, anybody has told you you're not good enough, what they're really saying is you're not good enough yet. If you're willing to put in the time, energy, and effort, you're just not good enough yet. Keep going. If it's your dream, if it's your goal, keep going. Dig in, find to do the shit when no one's watching. Yes. That's what's going to get you there. That's what's going to build it. And just, and don't expect anything in return. Just keep doing it because it'll catch up that, that technique, (laughs) that work catches up at some point. Yeah. And you kind of alluded it to earlier. It's that micro habit, right? It's, it's the small thing. So that's why I always say the incremental will get you the exponential. Mm, very and well you don't said. see it. It's like a Nike swoosh. It's like, oh, I'm stuck in this weird swirly shit. I don't know what I'm doing. It's confusing. You're telling me you got to do it every day. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't understand. Bam. All of a sudden that, that 18 month mark hits and all of a sudden you made a million dollars. But those, those first few months were like, this is bullshit. Oh my God. Everything I do doesn't work. You, we've all been there, <laughs> yes. right? We all think we're going to go buy the magic bullet thing. And we're just like, yeah, they said it. we're going to do a million dollar month. Right. And like, yeah, I've gotten my clients there really easy, yeah. especially in real estate, right. like a million dollar a month. Not a problem. <laughs> are you going to be the one to do it? That means, are you going to fucking listen to me? <laughs> Zip the brain. Let's work on that shit because we all have shit. I mean, I have personal coaches. Do you work with personal coaches? Uh, oh, in every aspect of my life. Every yes. aspect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not I one, mean, because we not know. One. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, I was like, you don't need just one, right? At one point I had five and it was yeah. golden. Of course. Right. And so yeah. 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 So I mean, it really is. It's and for I don't care what it is you do. It's the decision. Am I drinking the diet coke, even though I know it's gonna freaking cause me cancer, but I really just like it. Or am I going to suck it up and drink the water? This one moment, that's Mm -hmm. all that matters. Get through the one moment. It's like alcoholism, drug addict, just get through the, I don't think about the future. Don't think about the past. And if you could erase who you think you are in that moment and Mm -hmm. what you think you're going to do, you're going to do the right thing. That's right. You're just going to do the right thing. Right. And that's what I love what you're doing with optimal self, because when you envision your optimal self, you can live it so much easier every every day. Right. Yes. Life becomes so much easier. We, we call it optimal self. I call it a hundred or nothing because most people think that, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm good. 99% of the time. That's not enough. Cause you're good. That means there's a crack and that's what means there's a crack already, yep. already. And that, that one, that little crack, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. It's going to grow. And before you know it, it's the, uh, it's, you're going the opposite way of what you ever wanted. Give a hundred to what you're doing, right? Like, like just that moment you're, you're spot on because people, people don't understand when you're clear, right? I say, another thing is people don't lack motivation. That's what I get all the time. Man, Jeremy, how do you stay motivated? How do you keep your energy up? And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, because, because I do the shit I love to do. Like, yep. I love to do this. Like, and, and I make, even, even if it's stuff, I don't love to go to the gym. I don't, I don't love to get up at 6am and go sling weight. Like there are days that I do like once I get going, yeah, I'm in it. But when I'm under those covers and it's freezing cold outside and it's time to get up, 
no, I want to fucking lay there. I want to pull those things up. And, and trust me, that voice is like, dude, you went so hard yesterday. You're a little sore. Just today. It's one day's okay. Right. But it's not, it's not. And, and, and the moment you understand, so people don't lack motivation. They lack clarity. When you get clear on something, anybody on here right now, anybody listening, think of something in their life that they were dead set on. And I guarantee you, you made time to make that happen. You did. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I don't have time. Bullshit. You don't make time. It's not that important to you. It's not. It's really not. And that's the, that's the reason. And I'll give you this. It's really, uh, when I opened the gym, I opened a gym uh, years ago. And one of the things that I said in that gym, I, it, was, it was a CrossFit gym. It was a hybrid CrossFit gym because we did some weight loss stuff and we did different things. You know, people think CrossFit is all these different things. We just used some of the methodology. I wasn't just trying to be like, you know, CrossFit. Anyways, and I used to do an assessment with everyone who walked in. We had a, we had a weight loss program. And honestly, it was like 80% women. Actually, probably more. At one point, it was like 90% women. Every nine out of 10 people that were in that class was a woman. And the majority of them were moms who had poured into their families and let themselves go for the most part, right? right? right, right. They got a roll, they got a roll. So they're eating out all the time or they're driving through and, and they put on weight that they don't want anymore. Most of the time they would come in and be like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose 50 pounds, whatever. And, but when I would sit down, I would, we would do an assessment. I would ask a lot of questions, you know, injuries, those kind of things, making sure they can move properly. This, what their background was just so we can make sure that, that as they, as they entered into the program that we, we started them where that's going to be beneficial so that they would come back tomorrow. And we don't just smash you and you you're so sore and you hate yourself that you never come back. Right. I need right. you to consistency is the key. I need you to come back tomorrow. Right. Like, so, but at the end I would do this, I would say, close your eyes. You told me you wanted, and I'm going to give you a very specific woman in this. Cause it's, cause she's, she's, she's just amazing. But, and I gave her, and I said, okay, and I would do this with everybody, but I, this, I said, close your eyes. And on my little sheet, she had said, I want to, she was about a hundred pounds overweight. She wanted to lose 80 pounds. Okay. And so I said, okay, you're, you're, your goal that you gave me was lose 80 pounds. Okay. Now I want you to close your eyes. I want you to vision her with eight, those 80 pounds off of her. I want you to envision yourself. I want you're standing in that mirror. You're getting ready to go either on a date with your husband. You pick whatever it is. It doesn't matter. What is she wearing? What, what dress does she have on? What earrings does she have on? What is her, is her hair up? Is it down? What is she, what, what perfume are you wearing? Like what shoes are there? Those Jimmy shoes that you've been dying to, to, you know, like ever go down the list of things. I want you to see her because if you can't see her, then there's no way to get there. There's nothing I can do. I don't have a magic bullet. I don't have a secret sauce. I don't have any of that shit. If you can't see her, you won't be here. You, you'll, you will fail out of this program. You will leave. You'll, you won't show up. You'll talk yourself out of it. All those things. And I will tell you probably eight out of 10 would, would literally start crying. And if you weren't moved to tears by what that girl looked like in, in there or person, if there was a man in front of me, but most of them were women. And I, and if you, if you were not moved to tears, if you weren't, if you didn't feel it emotionally, then I knew that that goal meant jack shit to you. And this lady opened her eyes and, and she said, okay, yeah, okay. Like just kind of nonchalant, right? I said, well, what, what color dress was she wearing? She's like, um, uh, I said, no, 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 that's not it. Cause if you know, it's a black dress. It's already hanging in my closet or I saw it on the, I saw it at Macy, whatever. Like, if you don't have that, then I know yeah. that that goal means nothing to you. So I said, 
we got to change. I said, we can't go forward. And she's like, why? I said, because that mean, doesn't mean shit to you. If you can't see her, I said, what is it really that drives you? What is it really? And there might be people that have heard this before. She goes, you know what? And she got all pissed off and I loved it. She's like, I was the only girl. I was one of the only girls in gym class since I was in sixth grade, all the way through high school that could never do a pull-up. I see girls out there right now, right there in the gym that could do a pull-up. And I was like, okay, keep talking. She's like, I want to pull my fat ass up over that bar. I want to do a pull-up. And I was like, yo, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's the shit we can get behind. Now, listen, that pull-up, like what you talked about, the micro, right, is the now our goal is simple that it's a, it's the pull-up, but in order for that to happen, you're going to have to get some strength. You're going to have to lose some weight, right? All the things that, that, that are going to go along with that. But now we got something that moves your ass. Now I got something that, that will get you out of bed and get in here. Cause I am done being the one person that can't do it. Right. So we used to have this chalkboard wall and I sent her out there. I said, get your ass out there. And I want you to write that on the wall. Take this, you know, get a piece of chalk and you get to write your goal. Everybody who ever walked in there would write a goal on there because I only want one. Don't give me a bunch of shit because you too many things and you're not going to do any of them. Right. Yep. So she goes out there and she writes her name on that wall. She writes, she writes, do, and she writes, do an effing pull up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so for the next, I mean, we plan, we planned a whole year. But we, we had this whole thing because one of her shoulders was bad. So we worked on some articulation so that she moved right. Her scap, you know, would move right. All those things. And about six months in, by the way, she's down at this point about 45, 50 pounds. She goes in and she comes in and she is like skipping in, right? Like, boop, boop, boop. I'm like, what's up? Like, this is awesome, right? I'm teaching. There's a six o'clock class and a seven o'clock class. She comes in to six o'clock class. She goes, today's the day. I was like. I'm looking, I'm like, what, what is today? Right. I'm like, is this a special day? Like she's all, no, I think I'm ready for a pull-up. And I was like, oh, really? All right. I know what workouts on the board. Cause I wrote that shit. And I'm like, okay, she's going to be super fatigued at the end of this thing. So we got to do this thing first. I said, are you sure? She's like, yes. I said, now we got to make, are you sure? Like if it doesn't happen, are you still going to stay motivated with me? She's like, absolutely. She's like, today's the day though. Today is the day. And I was like, wow, okay, go over, get your shoulder stuff done, get all warmed up. I'm going to warm up the class. And before we start the actual workout, she's going to do a separate workout just to make sure or her, her warm up, right? She knows what to do for articulation and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, range of motion. She comes back over, class stops. Somebody walks over and turns the music off. They kind of gather around, right? Now we got an audience. And I mean, she jumps up there. She grabs that bar. And she starts pulling, she gets a little bit sticky. And then all of a sudden it literally looks like somebody pushes her up and she goes, wham. And she's up over that bar. Her eyes get this big. She fucking drops down. She comes running over. She bear hugs me, jumps legs around me. Oh my God. Oh my God. Everyone's cheering. She looks at, she says, we catch eyes. We both start crying. I'm like, Holy shit. She runs back over, takes a couple deep breaths. She does like three or four more pull-ups. Unbelievable. Nice. Unbelievable. Right? So here's it. And again, it goes back to what you said. I wanted to share that because it wasn't about losing the weight. The weight meant jack shit to her. Like everybody thinks that's the thing, but it's not. That's not, it, it may be for some people, but for her, we have to get to what it really truly is. That's a, that's a girl from the sixth grade. What are you, 12 years old in the sixth grade? 
that is still harboring the fact that I couldn't do something at now she's a mom of two. You know what I mean? Like how long in our lives are we harboring this shit that we never just deal with and be like, all right, let's go fix it. Let's go talk about it. Let's go make some change. Because I'm going to tell you right now, no joke. She inspired so there were so many other women in that class that she became the poster child where people were like, fuck that. I want to do a pull up, right? Like they just got, they got excited. They started rallying around each other. She started again, right now you inspire people by your greatness. Stop holding it in, right? Like you got to be the person you got to put that mask on. You got to lead by example, not by words, like get your ass up and do it and prove to yourself, live in your own integrity. And, and what I'll say to people in this regard too, which, which comes back to why optimal self is built. Cause that night I got done and all the classes got done and I was sitting down doing the, the business stuff, right? How many people came in and checking whose credit cards they didn't wear, you know, all the business stuff, doing all the, all the reconciliation of the day, which I do every single night. And I am on fire. Like my insides, like I was like, it's the greatest feeling you could, you could truly ever feel. And I'm a journaler. So I have journals, I have journals right now taking notes for you and I talking, but, and so I was like, man, and so I just grabbed my journal, stopped what I was doing on the, on the business stuff. And I started just writing it out of my head. Cause I was like, what am I feeling? I'm like, this is amazing seeing her do this. And true, true story. How Saren is that that afternoon was when I would train, I would train around noon. Okay. Cause I would do real estate all morning. I'd come around lunchtime or a little bit towards the afternoon. I would work out and then I would run and then I would run the gym at night. Right. And I had, had somebody running the morning and that day. And on that same board, my goal was a 500 pound deadlift weigh 180. That day I weighed, I weighed in, I weighed 181 pounds. And the same day at 1230 in the afternoon, I pulled 500 off the ground. And again, Guys that I trained with, man, we were high five and chest bumping. And literally, I walked over to that wall, crossed out the 500, and I wrote 550. So it literally lasted about 10 seconds before I had to, before I was like, all right, on to the next goal, right? On to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Those are accomplishments, right? It's, a, it's an accomplishment. And again, was it great? Sure. But it was gone in like 10 seconds. Right. That day, watching her, and to this day, years later, I can run into her at the grocery store and it's still that same smile, that same hug, maybe not her legs up around me because we're in public, but like that same hug. How are you? What's going on? Like, cause I sold the gym a few years later and, and anyways. And so then I'm sitting there that night and it, and it, and it really dawns on me is that accomplishment was me pulling 500 pounds off the ground. Like that was cool, but it was on to the next goal fulfillment was, was helping somebody else attain their goal. And that's now, man, that's all I crave. I crave it. Like, like a drug, man, like who can we help? How can we help them? What can we do? Because it's, it's literally a drug that I, it's literally a feeling that I never want to go away. And and I want to, I want to keep that going. And so I hope people can really truly understand is accomplishment is good. Have goals, all those things. But fulfillment may not come if you've if you've accomplished things, if you've made a million bucks, if you've got that car you wanted, or if you live at that address that you've always wanted and it feels empty, 
It's because it's accomplishment, not fulfillment. Yeah. And those yeah, are yeah. the things that we got to start talking about and being, and being aware of and find the things that mean something to you. This may not be it for you, right? What I do, but you'd be like, that's crazy. I don't, I don't want to do that shit. That's okay. We got to find, that's why it's the best version of you, not the best version of me. I'm not telling you to do what I do. I'm not telling you to do what you do. That's not what we are. We're going to find what's important to you so that you can now build and, and find and have that. And just for the caveat, not only does she lose a hundred pounds, she now is an avid runner and her kids are like, these, these great track stars. Cause they watch their That's mom awesome. do it. Right. Cause she inspired awesome. them. It's super. They both got scholarships to college based on watching their mom, you know, lose this weight. And she was going to the track and they would go watch. And, and next thing, you know, well, right joining. back to generational habits. She just yeah. built right. Something new. Love <laughs> it. Where it love comes it, from it. baby. That's where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have next level for you, Jeremy, okay. because you're talking about what you do and how fulfilling it is. And I love that same here. Obviously we do the same thing. Right. Um, I don't know if you know who Dr. Michael Beckwith is. He's out there, obviously in California, founder of the Agape. I don't know, I know who he church. is. I, I know of him. I don't know him. Okay. So, so he, I think I, you know, I'm loving it because I'm listening to you, you talk and I'm just like, for him, like the next level in being that conduit is actually understanding that your fulfillment comes from within. Mm-hmm. Right. Because sure. we have these, we have these stages of like, the cognizant where a lot of people are like a lot of people are at the, Oh, I watched the secret. I know that. Right. The, I know that. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kirsten, Kirsten, you know what? I used to do that 10 years ago. I really know all about that. Cool, man. What do you do today? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Um, fucking think about it when you mention it. I don't know. Right. It's like, and I get it, man. Switch stuff out. Like, but, but don't give it up. Like don't give up. So many of the people I work with at, the I'll call it the mom and pop level. So I work with high level executives of, that run, you know, nine figure businesses. I run with, I work with professional athletes, right? NFL, NBA. Recently, I picked up some, some major league soccer guys. Here's the thing. When I work with people who are just starting out, just starting their business, they're just really looking into entrepreneurship or just even looking at becoming an executive or doing something at a different level. It's interesting because what I've noticed is that they're at that knowing stage. They've mm-hmm. read a lot. They've heard sure. a lot. They, they really feel it and they really do know it, but there's a disconnect. There's a little bit of a gap between knowing something and doing something. And I have a 12 year old daughter and man, I piss her off every second of every day because she says to me when I'm like, Oh yeah. Hey, hon, you didn't give the bunnies their crunchies, right? She has two bunny rabbits running around a Manhattan apartment. And she's like, Oh yeah, I know. And my, my, my only response is I, I don't care what you know. I care what you do right? That pisses her off to no end. Cause now, you know, little girls, I know, and I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh um, my God. Yeah. But yeah. So here's a fun fact from you is you were actually in the movie Moneyball, right? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. <gasps> yeah. So I happen to be friends with David Meltzer. I know David Meltzer, who was the CEO of that agency that Billy worked for. And mm-hmm. I actually happened to know Billy from Miami. <laughs> mm. When I was living in Miami, he used to hang out there a lot. And one of my good friends is very good friends with him. So we would run into each other all the time. Great. Smith dude. And Lonsky's down. Yeah. Down yeah. at South point where I live. So that was funny. I was like, what? I was like, hey, dude. Yeah. I guess <laughs> right? I spent quite a long time with it. Cause he was on set every day, you know? Uh, so yeah, he was, yeah, it was fun. It was, 
it, and you want to talk about a hard worker, man. That dude is a grinder, a hard worker, man. So yeah, yeah, good dude. Yeah, good even still follow. to this day, man. Yeah, I yeah, you. I bet. I mean, that doesn't go away for most. You know what I mean? Especially a guy like that, man. It doesn't go away. Like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's what's funny is you know people say. Yeah, I'm gonna like I love it because a lot of time, even with law partners who are doing like five million a year, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna make enough and I'm gonna do this thing and I'm just like they they see their happy end result and their happy end result is always like, yo, I'm like in Polynesia drinking my ties on the beach, <laughs> pushing buttons, making money, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. I mean, like if that's really what you want to do, that's easy. Sure. But the funny thing is, is and you've probably experienced this. You probably thought like, oh yeah, I'll do this, I'll do this. But actually, in the process of learning the work and the structure and the habits of how to do it and then start accomplishing and start accomplishing, it's like almost a drug in and of itself. It's like, oh, well, and like you said, it's not that's not the goal. It was like an accomplishment. Move on to the next. Right. So you just keep going. You don't stop. It's like the craziest thing, isn't it? It's like it's very crazy. And people I mean, there's a lot of people around you that don't understand it, trying to eat, trying to articulate that to especially family. Right. Because you and I can talk about it. People around me, I can talk about it all day with because a lot of the people that I'm surrounded by are, are very similar, right? Because different industries, different things, but we can feed off each other, but they understand it. They're like, yeah, man, I get it. Family. My mom still asks me, wait, why are you still working? Why, why are you still doing that? Wait, why are you starting this? Like another one? Like she asked me one day, when is it enough? And I was like, what do you mean by, I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what do you, what, what am I supposed to do? Okay. You've made money and you made enough money and now I can just go sit around and do nothing. Like I I don't have, it's not in me. It's just not in me. And it's interesting that whole generation, like my dad's 77 and I think it was finally maybe this year, this year, maybe it was last year, but he finally stopped asking me what I do. (laughs) And if I was going to get a job, I'm like, I own the job. I, I, I employ people. Like, what are you talking about? Right. And for he spent, he spent a really long time really mad at me. So somebody I was dating gave me the book, the 48 laws of power. I hadn't heard about it. You know, it's an old New York times bestseller. And this gentleman, you know, he IPO and he did a lot of really cool stuff. And he said, this is the book you need to read yours. And like, I think this is great for you. So so I get him. I'm on my way to my dad's out in Jersey and he's looking at this book and he picks it up, I guess, when I'm not around and he doesn't say anything. He's old school. He's like, you know, very reserved, you know, when he wants to be, <laughs> but you know, not an emotional dude. Right. So one day he's like upset with me about something. He goes, yeah. And you know what? I've been holding on to this for years. I even wrote you an email, but didn't hit send. So I just stopped him. And I said, you know what? It's fine, man. Hit send. Let me know what you're, what you're feeling. Yeah. He was pissed off that I was, I was loving this book, 48 laws of power because he misinterpreted its purpose, right? It's almost Machiavellian and like, everyone's a douchebag, become a douchebag, right? But it's not really about that. It's talking about the environment. Like you have to understand the environment you negotiate with mm-hmm. or you can't possibly win, right. right? So it was talking about those 48 you know, laws, so so to speak, of, of what this environment is, is working in and what the average person here is probably thinking, behaving and acting like and why, and why I need to know that. And it was so funny because he just didn't get it. Like, and he's a writer and he owns a publishing company. And, and even still seeing New York Times bestseller, he just assumed, yeah, just because Wall Street, you know, Wall Street douchebags can have a bestseller doesn't mean you should be loving it. Right. Like that makes you a douchebag. And I'm just like, but he he literally sat internally thinking his daughter was a complete a-hole turning into some kind of a-hole. Right. 
because she's reading this book and raving about, oh my God, yeah, this is my boyfriend loves this book. This is the great book. I, you know, he's doing well. This book. And for, yeah. for like years, like he literally wrote me an email and didn't push send. And I finally, and I'm reading this email and I'm like, wow, it's really fucking interesting, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so reserved. Like I would never have known it on the outside. He just kept it all inside, but it's interesting. It really is. It's really, really interesting how people operate. But our parents, like they don't, and you know what? We have to accept that as open as we think we are and as cool as we think we are to our kids, we're not going to get it either. No. You know, and that's okay. No. You know? Are you kidding? They they could give two shits what I have to say. Like <laughs> I got this one. I got mom, I know what you do for a living, but that doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I even when I was uh, when my oldest was was younger, that she came home one day and she said Dad, because I, I, I never pushed them to athletics. Said so you got to do something, right? But but because I was a baseball player, I, you know, the last thing I want to do is push that on them in some way. But when she came home and she said, "Dad, I want to play softball," and I was like, inside, I was like, yes, right. <laughs> and her best, her friend at that time, it was like the fifth grade or something was a softball player and they, you know, were having a great time together. And, you know, in the afternoons, they couldn't hang out because she was going to softball practice. So she was like, well, I'll just join her at softball practice. Right. That's what my, my daughter thinks. And I said, great, let's get, let's get rolling. I'll get you signed up. we got to go we get balls. I said, get out back. We're throwing, you know what I mean? I'm going to learn how to, and, and, and she's just like, like not even having it. She comes home. And so they have their first practice and she comes home. Right. I was there. So we get home and she goes, um, yeah, I want to go to Mr. So-and-so's house for, for batting practice. I was like, Oh, okay. They're, they're holding a batting practice. And he's like, no, no, no. He has a, he's the, he's the batting coach. And I was like, wait, who is it? Oh, he's the science teacher at the junior high. And I was like, okay, well, what's his background? I don't know that he, he didn't play baseball. He's, he just has a batting cage. And so he, he coaches kids on how to hit. I'm like, you know, they used to pay your dad money to hit. No, you didn't baseball. say that. No. Like, <laughs> I've done this my whole life. Like, like, wait, I'm going to send you to the science teacher's house to learn how to hit? Like, to learn improper form. Wait a minute. Like, but again, he, the cool part about that was that coach ended up not being able to coach, not that guy, but their coach of her team. And so they actually called me and asked me, like, every other girl on that team was dying to come and learn and play and get coached. Right. They're like, not oh your God, child, your dad, my child. <laughs> I mean, she's rolling her eyes in the back. Not even, you didn't want nothing to do with it. Right. It's like, it's hilarious, but it. it's all true. You know what I mean? It's like, but that, so let's go back to the generational habits. Right. Is like, so now I just got to do, I can't say, right. Yes. Because, you know, yes. and I say this all the time. I say this on my podcast. I've had this is like, Look, if 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 you're the the person right now that is telling your kid to go make their bed, and when they walk by your room and your bed's not made, why yeah, the hell no should? Bueno. Why yeah, just because yeah, yeah. you're the parent? Like, yeah, no, man, we gotta we we gotta we gotta earn the right just as much, right? We don't. I'm never gonna tell her to do something or either one of them to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do myself or that I'm not yeah. doing. Like, if I do it over and over and over and over, if every day they came by and they saw that my bed was made, it's the first thing I do when I get up every single day, then, you know, hopefully that habit rolls on. Because look, when you get home and you walk into your bedroom, it's not a disaster. It's like, okay, yeah. shit's put away. Things are picked up. Like, I had a bad day, but it, you know, it's fun to come home to, to nice things, right? Like, but- <laughs> 
they don't, again, they're not going to do it because you say it. They're going to do it because you do it, it, it over and over and over, not one time, over and over and right. over and over. And, and they know. learn, they learn. Like I know one time I was coming out of uh, the, uh, the upstate place, uh, Arenda with uh, a colleague and we're putting on a mastermind and he and I, you know, we just, we're both obviously coaches, you know, uh, we're, we're having this conversation and my daughter's in the back and I don't know how old she is. She's, she's 12 now. So maybe she was like eight or nine. And we're trying to figure out this day. Like, we're just like, how are we going to make extra money? We have to lay down a helipad because, you know, no one's going to take the trip. We, did, we didn't think, take a car ride for an hour with the people you dream about and pay for that shit. No, we, did, we weren't there, right? I was like, all right, helipad, because they don't have time to fly in from New York. We'll just pick them up at the airport. We'll fly them in. Hey, okay, but okay, we're out like X number of dollars. So how, like, let's make more. And my daughter from the back just chimes in. She goes, why don't you have like a day with the experts? You know, instead of leaving on Sunday morning after breakfast, have everybody hold over for an hour or two and, and everyone can sit down and just like have a one-on-one, like maybe it's a, you know, each of them gets to go see that. And I'm just like, the f- that came out of the back seat while we're driving home. Right. And I'm just like, yeah. And then my, you know, my colleague's like, I think we have to pay her for that. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> but you know, she wouldn't have been able to say that if she hadn't, you know, I as a single mom, took her to everything. I made no excuses. And law partners here in New York city. No, they'll tell you we would show up to a very expensive place for morning breakfast and tea while a partner and I had conversation and she sat there. And if anybody ever had a problem with my daughter disrupting something or coming along, you and I, we're not working together Mm. because you don't get it. Mm. And that's a scary thing to have the balls to do that. When you're looking at losing six figures, Sure. Right. Yeah. And you're looking at a whole bunch of and mostly dudes in an industry that's built for them. they all have their wives that stay home and take care of their children. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that when you come from a mental place where you don't get what I'm doing and you are the majority, it's a hard it's a hard thing to not try and navigate that sea. You know, because you want that money. You're a single mom. You want that money. <laughs> Apartments in New York, they're 500 square feet, cost a million dollars. You want that money, right? So, right. You know, but I was like, you know, at one point I was just like, and John Astaroff and Dr. Joe Vitale and Brendan Burchard, all those guys helped me have the, the know to be able to do that. Cause they're mm. like, if you, if you, if you waver, just like you were talking about your optimal self, having that vision, having absolute clarity, because when you waver from that, it's, it's like you're wavering on your values. It's like you're not going to, you can't get to the place because you're always making an exception. That's you right. just have a pile of shit of exceptions. So you're always trying to climb up, but you're always making that exception. So you're always sliding back down. And then you're right? letting, you, you're spot on. And, but you know what else? You're letting the environment dictate how you respond. Yep. Now you're, no now you're in that response. So in your, that's a very high powered very important situation, right? You're talking about, you know, jobs in, in the law firm and, and representation. All, you're talking about, a, I mean, things that most people are like, I don't even know what that means. I, you know, yeah, okay, I'm going to bring my kid to the PTA meeting or to the soccer. They said, yeah. don't, you know what I mean? And no, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, no. But, but here's the thing. Here, here's a very important part to that to, to kind of correlate so people that are listening can, can put it together is this. It's like your girlfriend's birthday a cheesecake factory, right? And you have a goal of let's just go with it. Cause we're an obese country goal of losing weight and you're on it. Right. Again, remember what we talked about, if you're 98 or 99% good, the moment you sit down there, right. 
in the environment. They put one piece of cheesecake, just one <laughs> right there. And they give everybody a spoon, right? You, you, you guys have all been to that party when that happens, yeah. right? We said happy birthday to her. And the person on the end is not even care. They're like, whatever, like they're, they, they're ready. They take it. Then they go to the next person. And then that person's like, well, I ate a salad so I can have a bite. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> the other person is like, Oh, well, I worked out this morning, so that's a good reason. And now everybody, and it gets around to you, and you know damn well. Now, again, I, I want people to understand, is one little sliver, just a bite on that spoon, gonna, gonna, you're going to be obese and, and ruin everything? No, no. Right. But it's a chink in your armor. Because if, the environment is now dictating what you choose to do. But if you, the, I'm telling you right now, the person that's 99, that's the 1% that they go, mm, all the girls are doing it. I feel like it. I'm going to do it. Okay. That's fine. But just know well, it's going to crack. It's going to, the crack is going to get bigger. But if you're a hundred, a hundred, just like you were a hundred willing, you're willing to walk away from that relationship, from that job, from that client. If they don't understand what's happening right now and why she's sitting here. Oh, I'm a, there is, there's the conviction there. If you're that convicted sitting there, you don't even do it. You're like, no, thanks. Doesn't fit with my goals. Sorry. And it's not yeah. cool. Right? Here's the thing. But that's, that's you know, when you went through the process, and I actually want everyone listening, everyone listening to go through this process, pick the one thing that you really want yeah. and see yourself as that person who has it. Mm. Right? Yep. And, but you know what I love about, about what the way you were telling that story is that it's not just the visual, it's the emotional, it's the energy, mm -hmm. right? Just like he can pull, like if he needs to motivate himself, if Jeremy needs to motivate himself, like let's say he just wants to go to the gym or something. And remember guys, Olympic athletes work out every day for like three and a half, four years for when they don't minute. feel like it for <laughs> like, yeah, for seven seconds on the track. Right. I mean, yeah. come on. Right. And their whole life depends on that. Yeah. Their Nike sponsorships, everything that everything they've ever worked for. So true. right. Is yeah. that, is that, is that minute? Are you, <laughs> are you kidding me? But you, Jeremy can come back and he can, he can relive that story to feel that energy and motivate himself at any second. Now, what else you could do is you can, you know, you can anchor that. So if you want to use an NLP technique, just anchor that feeling. So go to that place vision who you want to be in that one goal. Don't pick 8 million effing goals, just the one freaking goal. Okay. <laughs> See yourself as the ultimate success in that one goal. Feel it. The amazingness, talk yourself through it, anchor it. Like I anchor to myself a snap. So if you'll see me get on stage and if you see me snapping, that's because I anchored pure joy and excitement. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have it when I'm walking on stage and I'm not saying that the audience is born, <laughs> but something, something else might be going on, you'll, you'll see me do it. And so you can do that, but that's super important because it's like, if you grew up with alcoholic parents and you are dead set, you're never drinking alcohol. Right. Cause that happened to me. My parents were alcoholics. They were recovering alcoholics. Half the time I didn't even know they were alcoholics, but I went to AA meetings just randomly. And like, so I heard these crazy stories and I'm like, I'm never drinking that. I mean, like, I've, I've taught myself out of that since then, but I literally didn't drink alcohol in college when everybody else is shit based, yeah. right? Because I had this idea in my head that I'm not a drinker. I'm not a smoker. I've never smoked cigarettes in my life, right? Two times maybe in my life, I tried the Chiba and I was like, this is dumb, right? <laughs> Cause I'm a speedy person, not a slow person, the same way. <laughs> right? Oh, so it's like, but, but when you say that, do you think it, I give a shit if I'm around like 
freaking Snoop Dogg smoking a J. No, I'm not going to go sit down and smoke a J because like he's saying, a hundred percent of me is not fucking doing it. Mm -hmm. It's that easy. So when you convince yourself that you are an athlete and you're going to get up and you're going to walk every day, if that's what you're doing, you're going to do it. If you convince yourself that you are a business owner, that you can find success, you might not have all the how to's in your head in this moment, but you're going to find them mm. because that's what successful people do. Right. So that's what he's talking about when he's talking about be 100% be very, very clear. And I want you guys to do that because that's an amazing thing to do. That, clear, awesome. that clarity is priceless. It, it, it yeah. really is. And I'm going to tell you in the beginning, and you probably, I know even for myself, when in the beginning, people were like, what the hell are you doing? Right. That friends and stuff like that. Even when I was a kid with the tea, they were like, dude, let's just go, man. There's going to be girls there. Right. Let's get to the, let's go over <laughs> to the party. Right. Like for real, like that. And I understand because we're all that way, you know, and it was, I was so convicted that they eventually they, this is what happens. Right. And, and this is the same thing in our business. I've never bought a business, taken over a business and fired anybody. Never. All I do is raise the standard, say, this is how we act. This is how we walk. This is how we talk. This is what we're going to do. And I'm going to do it as well. <laughs> not, not anybody else. And, and you either rise to that standard or you find your way out. Right. I can't even tell you how many times I get these really cool resignation letters like, oh, I'm moving on and thank you. And we throw a little party for them and all that. And it's just because... No, listen, we're not doing things this way. This business was failing because of that's the way they did business. We're going to turn this thing around and here's how we're going to do it. It's going to be because we're going to be better. We're going to talk. And the same thing goes with your friends, your family, all these things, right? Like, I love them. My family, like, I come from a big Italian, crazy family that, you know, family dinners and reunions and it's wonderful. Like, I love it. But that's not every day. They don't, they don't, if they don't get it, it's okay. I don't love them right. less. <laughs> I'm not mad at my mom because she's like, you're working too hard and you should, what, why do you need more? You have enough. Right. I'm like, no, they're, they're, that's not the point. I don't, I don't care about anything else. I care. I care about what I'm leaving. I care about the impact. I care about the legacy. I care about, I care about what I can give back. I'm not going, I'm not going to my grave with that, with all this song and all the things that people gave me in here. Right. I'm putting that shit out there. I'm putting it on today. We're very grateful that we have the digital marketplaces that we do. And that I get yeah. to sit here with you. You're in Manhattan. I'm in California and we get to share. I get to learn. I already, I got a half a page of notes just from conversation we're having. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, like, I love it, man. Like, how else would that happen? Maybe our paths never cross any other way. Yeah, I, and, and that's the same thing. This conversation is going to fall on somebody's ear somewhere. And I, and I just hope, I just hope they take one little piece and implement it. There's a ton of stuff that you said that I wrote, and, and I'm sure vice versa. Yep. But again, you said it, and I say this all the time. List, don't try to do it all. One thing. That's right. One thing, because here's the thing, even if you wrote that one thing, there's an 87% chance that you'll actually follow through long enough to make it happen, right? One single thing. And that was your sole focus. The moment you go to two, it drops to like 33%. Three things, forget it. It's in the single digits. Nothing gets done. You do your whole fake multitasking and half-ass everything <laughs> and nothing happens. Nothing happens it, or it doesn't happen long enough to win, right? That's the most people fail. Most people fail is because they just didn't do it long enough. 
It's not that they're, it's not that their skill wasn't enough. It's yep. not that they couldn't do it. It's not that they weren't good enough. They just didn't do it long enough. Yep. Stick long enough it. and consistent enough. Consistency. Yes. Yep. Hang yep. in there. Like just keep 100. going, man. Like, and that's the problem with our society. I'd say this in, in all of our stuff is that we're so into immediate gratification. Like Amazon is, I mean, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I use it. But when you try to make your life Amazon, you're, you're going to fail because that's not how business and success works. Like, yeah, you can, you know, push your button on your phone and that shit shows up in 24 hours. Like I get it. It's cool. It's wonderful technology, but just because you did one sit up or you did one day at the gym, doesn't mean you're going to have a six pack and and your diabetes is going to go away. You know what I mean? Like, no, you've got to make changes, everlasting changes. And you got to be consistent to it. You got to fall in love with delayed gratification. Fall in love with delayed gratification. Know that what I do today isn't going to show up for 90, 120, or six months from now or a year from now, but I'm going to keep doing it. That's the consistency that, that Kirsten's talking about. The consistency, stay with it because when you do, the, the, you know, it'll happen. Well, all right, guys, you heard it here. I hope you check out Optimal Self. We're going to have links below so that you can reach out to Jeremy as well um, and connect with him on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you know, his podcast. And that is it. Thank you so much for your time, Jeremy. Oh, man. Thank you. You're, you're awesome. You're doing such great things. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm glad that I could be part of it. I'm, I'm honored to, to know you. Thank you. Same here. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.